Hey guys, it's Kanice. This is Person About Town. Today, we're with Christine Ann. She's awesome. And she has decided that we're gonna go on the Charles River! Can I use my alter ego name? Is yes. that okay? Okay, I think for today I wanna be my alter ego, um, Henrietta Park. Who's Henrietta Park? Henrietta Park, she's a, your, your typical quirky Asian American girl. Uh, from nearby Teaneck, New Jersey. How is Teaneck, New Jersey? That's oh, great. It's gorgeous. So how does Teaneck, New Jersey compare to Boston? Um, I I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I, I spent most of I spent the past eight years here, so it's uh. All right. It's I actually don't want to be an alter ego. I'll just myself. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I just thought I. I sorry, I'm not I'm not really good at being other people, even though I always, always want to have an alter ego. That's a good thing. I have one. I have a wig. Yeah, who's your alter ego? Uh, my alter ego, I would have to say, is probably something akin to a... Oh, yeah. My alter ego is probably something akin to, like, not Kim Kardashian, but someone who's, like, very shallow and kind of, like, party-esque. Okay. I don't get into it often, but every once in a while. Okay, cool. My... It's really weird to be recorded. Eh? <laughs> it's a different experience. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit about where we are. We are in the middle of the Charles River, somewhere between the Kendall MIG station and the Charles MGH station. Nice. We rented out a pedal boat, and uh, we're surrounded by lots of sailboats. We're bobbing in the waters, and we're listening to an online mixtape from a website called uh, Reverberation Radio. Nice. And, it's, and the weather's gorgeous. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive in Boston. True story. So wait, how long have you lived in Boston? I lived here since uh, 2007. Nice. And what brought you here originally? Uh, college. I did my undergrad at Harvard. And nice. What did you study? I studied literature. How did you decide on literature? Um, I liked reading books, and I was better than most people at reading books mm -hmm. and figuring out what they meant. Uh, I also really like stories, and I wanted to study stories. Um, and I was choosing between English and literature, and I really didn't want to take a Shakespeare class, so I, I chose literature. It's, it's actually it's a very flexible department. You can study whatever you want to study. Nice. So what were some of the favorite things that you studied? Like your text? I don't know how people... Sure. So um, during my sophomore and junior year, I think my so no junior year, you can... Uh, for two semesters, you get to design your own curriculum mm -hmm. for, uh, I think it's called your junior tutorial. Nice. And I spent two semesters looking at uh, horror and humor. Oh, so I looked at, oh, you know, why, how does horror work and how does humor work? Because in both cases, they're very visceral feelings. Yeah. So. Any discoveries you'd want the listeners to know about? Um, yeah, I think, I think both. All right, guys. There was a technical difficulty, so refer to what we were saying earlier, and then add it to this. Okay, awesome. Sorry about that. So we were talking about horror and humor, how they're both visceral, and how you studied both of them. Yeah, no, I did. It was, it was, uh, it was all right. <laughs> Are we going backwards? I don't know. I don't know what's happening at all. Okay. This is my first time on a paddle boat. A pedal, it's a paddle, pedal. Pedal boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, paddle boat's something different. Um, it's also my first time in the middle of the Charles at all. Yeah, no, this is a really great place for a variety of, you know, breaking big news to your loved ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
breaking up with people. <laughs> ideal, ideal. That'd be the most depressing. <laughs> ideal place for an awkward first date when you find out you have nothing in common with the other person, you're just like stuck on a boat for, yeah. for like an hour. Oh gosh. <laughs> and you have to pedal together. Yeah. Like, no, you're <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it was just like the worst, like boring person, but also like they were bad at pedaling. Like, We're simply commenting on the fact that some I'm not good at pedaling, but Christine is humoring me. Uh, but we were talking about how you could go on a date with someone, a particularly bad first date, and they would just be the worst and bad at pedaling. The sound you hear in the background is us pedaling. We're in sync right now. We're really good at pedaling together. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to turn the boat. We can find some shade and get some breeze. Oh my god, it feels so good. The breeze is fantastic. Oh. Talk a little bit about summertime in Boston versus wintertime in Boston. Uh, I like summertime more in Boston because I can bike around. Mm -hmm. uh, winter, there's not much to say about the winter. I, I sort of withdraw into my room and don't <laughs> do much in the winter. That's, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say fall is probably my favorite season, though. Nice. Oh. So you've lived in Boston since two. Although the good thing about the winter is I can kind of wear the same outfit over and over again, and just like wear, this, I can wear the same coat. And no one notices. No one notices. No one cares. Yeah, you don't have to wash clothes nearly as much. <laughs> no, you know, you don't. Yes. Um, I, I like the summer. It's uh, it's actually this is my first summer where I'm not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been enjoying relaxing and not doing anything and having time to hang out on pedal boats nice. and on the trails. <laughs> it's really nice. So what have you been doing your other summers? Um, working. Nice. Yeah, working, studying. I once went on a Franz Kafka pilgrimage by myself. It was like a backpacking trip across Europe oh, wow. where I visited the cities that were really important to Franz Kafka. And it was a pretty horrible experience. I, I contracted chickenpox uh, in Munich. and. Um, I wanted to visit the sanatorium where Franz Kafka died. This is going to be like my, it's like the culmination of my trip. You know, I start off in Prague where he was born and then I go to um, uh, Munich where he wanted to go but he couldn't because of anti-Semitism. Um, um, I hope we don't crash into that boat. Okay. Christ averted. Okay. Um, and then I visited Berlin, where he lived um, a little before he went back to, before he went to Vienna to die, um, near Vienna. And so the, the, his, the, his death place is near, is in a city near Vienna, or a town near Vienna called Kierling. And I, I take the train out from Vienna and I go to the city, or this town, <laughs> to uh, where Franz Kafka died. And apparently there's this, this memorial room and his honor, and I wanted to go there, and it was the culmination of like seven weeks of travel, uh -huh. where it's just me trying to survive on like 10 euros a day, <laughs> where I'm eating basically the same meal, <laughs> doner kebab, doner, which is basically, um, it's like a falafel wrap. Uh -huh. They're everywhere in that, in that part of the world, so. And I was eating the same thing for each meal, it was pretty awful. Um, I go to the sanatorium, I ring the doorbell, and no one answers. I keep on ringing the doorbell, no one answers, so I just, I just leave. And it turns out that <laughs> the, 
the Franz Kafka, like Austrian Franz Kafka Society that ran the space, they had run out of funds like two weeks before oh, I got there. But it was very appropriate. It was like totally a Franz, I think that's what Franz Kafka would have wanted. He would have wanted me to spend like eight, seven weeks of my life traveling, backpacking in Europe, sort of cold, hungry, and alone. Um, and then to go visit his death place and for it to be closed. I think that's it all. It was good. <laughs> that, that, was, that was something I did during a summer. Jesus. That seems like a tough, that seems like a tough experience. It was, I wish um, if I could, you know, if I could give advice to my younger self then, uh -huh. that's in 2011, <laughs> I, would, I would have told my, I was, you know, I've changed a lot since graduating from school, okay. Uh -huh. um, I would have probably told myself to like feel okay about spending money. Uh -huh. Because when you're, it's sort of like a once in a lifetime experience, right? Yeah. And, and I, sh I wish I had cared less about my budget. Yeah. Yeah. Any plans to go back to Europe? Uh, sh maybe. Um, I'm hoping, I have a friend who's in Istanbul right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a friend who's in Raymond, Germany. And I have a friend who's living in the Czech Republic. So I'd, I'd love to visit them sometime in the fall. Nice. Oh, but you're taking a trip coming up soon. Yeah, I'm taking my first uh, vacation ever. I've never like gone to a beach to relax and mm -hmm. not do anything. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, that doesn't really sound that fun to me. Uh, I'm pretty, I think I'm, I, I, I love working. I'm like a workaholic. Uh -huh. um, I like to stay busy. And I don't like beaches in general. <laughs> what? I, they're like really uncomfortable. Um, so what persuaded you to go this time? Uh, my roommate was planning on going to Tulum, Mexico. She was planning a trip to go with um, this guy she was involved with and then it didn't work out. But she still wanted to go, and, and I, I really wanted to go on vacation. So, nice. we, it, it, it was it was really funny. At first, we just like joked about going together, and then it was like a weird game of chicken <laughs> with the universe. So, like we actually eventually just bought tickets, and now we're going to this town near um, in Cancun called Tulum. Mm -hmm. It's by Mayan ruins, and they have all these under like underground cave lakes oh. where you can go snorkeling. Yeah, and that's why I got contacts. I, I got fitted for contacts recently <laughs> because I went to go snorkeling. Nice. Because it would be really, it would be, it would suck if you went to Mexico to go snorkeling and you couldn't see anything because you, if you didn't have contacts. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's gonna be fun. How long is it till that trip? I'm leaving on the 23rd. Oh so. wow. It is. I need to get a lot of work done before then. Wait, how long are you going to be there? I'll be there for about a week, like oh, a full nice. full week of, um, we're, see, we're staying at an eco-tel. What is that? Or an eco-hostel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, we're, we're, we're sleeping by the beach and we're going to become friends with the iguanas and the sea turtles. <laughs> My roommates, a bunch of my roommates went there last Christmas and they had a really awesome time, and so that's why <laughs> that'd be a good place to go. Uh, this may sound random. Do you have any food limitations? Um, I'm slightly allergic to certain varieties of apples and stone fruit, oh. but uh, I can, if it's cooked, I can have it. Okay. And the allergies are not too severe. Like, 
My lips will get a little itchy and my throat will get scratchy, but that's, that's about it. Okay. No, then you should have all of the food in Mexico. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's the place where I've had the cheapest and, of course, the best Mexican food. Yeah, I, unfortunately, Tulum, the food prices are the same as the food prices here. What? Yeah, because it's, a, it's a, sort of like a touristy area. Got it. But I'm excited to try some of, like, the mole and ceviche. I don't know. All the, all the, all the foods. Yeah. Okay, so you chose the Charles River as your favorite place. What makes it your favorite place in Boston? Um, I like they're they're constantly moving, uh-huh. and I don't I don't actually have a favorite place in Boston. Um, I find physical existence to be very uncomfortable, <laughs> and I feel like if I'm on the Charles River pedaling, I don't I, I feel distracted from nice. distracted from existence. from being in a body. Yeah. All so. right. Do you have any significant memories that took place here? Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. All right. I think that's why I like it. <laughs> There's nothing to remind you of your physical existence. Nope. Every, it's, it's a river, you know, things move. Yeah. It's never, never the same, it's never yeah. the same river twice. Exactly. <laughs> so describe a little bit of, like, we're facing the city, I guess? Yeah. Oh, Whoa. shit. Oh, my God. What happened? Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just hit <laughs> the face of It's okay. I'm just going to, my seat, can uh, uh-huh. I readjust my seat? I'm going to move this, uh, this drink. What happened to the music? Is your phone okay? Yeah, my phone. I think it just ended. Let me let me switch music. Oh, well, cool. Oh. We're so looking at the producer. You, maybe you can tell me a little more about the buildings in Boston because I I have lived here twice. I have lived near the Prudential Building, and then the other building that's near the Prudential Building, which name I can't remember. It's like 100 something or another. I know uh, that Arnold Worldwide is located there. And then there's the Hancock Tower uh, we're looking at now. It is glass and it is tall and it reflects light in an interesting way but it kind of makes this two suns scenario underneath it where at certain times of day you're getting the light of the sun and the light from the building so there aren't clear shadows or there are clear shadows but there are multiple shadows. Uh, There's uh, other tall buildings that look more historical. I presume one is a hotel just because it looks like a hotel. Um, and then there's this weird brick building that's tall. And I guess people live there, but it looks totally out of place. It's like an apartment, yeah. yeah. It doesn't look like the fancy buildings around it. It looks kind of like a ghetto. Are these things accurate? Am I accurate at all in the descriptions <laughs> of these buildings? I think so. Would you say that your music has a 70s, 60s bend? Oh, totally. Nice. I think it's a lot of like 60s, 70s psychedelic garage rock. I really like that kind of music. All right. Um, so Christine and I first got to hang out together at the Chicago Women's Funny Festival. That was really great. I loved it. It's fabulous. And also, yeah, this was, I think they had my photo on a lot of the promo material yeah. because I was like the one of like two Asian American. <laughs> But your photo is also like a cute, pleasant, upbeat photo. It was. There's an interesting story behind that photo. Um, uh, I wasn't in Boston. So I was chosen to be a, um, a comic in residence at the comedy studio for 2013. And at the time, I was actually living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, 
and uh, Rick Jenkins uh, organized a photo shoot for all the comics and residents and I wasn't there and I needed to get a photo for the calendar. Um, and so I just paid someone, like a friend at uh, the Contemporary Art Museum I was working at, 40 bucks to take uh, some headshots in his apartment. <laughs> and they turned out really good. Um, yeah. So, so wait, how, did you, how did you end up in Santa Fe? Uh, I had recently graduated from school I was living behind the Cambridge Public Library in this really awesome apartment that was like $500 a month. Um, no lease. Uh, and then when I was, oh, this was, uh, let's say, spring 2012. And at the time I was working at Burdick's Hot Chocolate and, uh, and also working as an artist assistant. And I was in a play. I was, I was in a community chorus for a play. Uh, and in April I went home to visit um, my family for my cousin's wedding, and then during that during that visit, my apartment caught on fire. What? Uh, and there was so much uh, smoke and water damage on my floor, or the entire apartment was destroyed. On um, and this was on Turbridge Street, and so I couldn't. I I took that as a sign to <laughs> leave Boston. Um, yeah, and I applied for this internship in the education department at a really awesome contemporary art museum mm -hmm. in Santa Fe called Site Santa Fe. Um, and I got the, I got the internship, so I, I was planning on staying there for at least a year. Oh, wow. Uh, and I had a friend who was working for um, Los Alamos, I think, is it Los Alamos? Sure. The labs. <laughs> um, uh, he was working in Santa Fe and living there. He was a really good friend from college. He's the only person I knew there, though. Um, what was that? I don't know. We good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Hopefully everything's good. There was a weird snap. Yeah. And actually, so I moved to Santa Fe in September of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and a month in, I got this email from Rick Jenkins saying, like, hey, do you want to be a comic in residence? <laughs> And I had trouble finding jobs in Santa Fe, and I took yeah. this—I really took this as a sign to yeah. move back to Boston. And I moved back to Boston. Nice. Um, but while I was in Santa Fe, I, I ended up meeting members of a really cool art collective called Meow Wolf, mm -hmm. and there were these—it was just a group of young people who put on these really awesome, big-scale art shows in the area and other cities in the United States. And I also um, hung out a lot with this art collective called Scuba. Um, where I would just go over to their house for dinner and then we'd have jam sessions. It was really good. So jam sessions, were you playing an instrument? Yeah, I was playing the synth and the electric guitar. I didn't know how to play anything, but oh. they were totally okay with it. It was, it was that kind of... Do you want to turn away from the shore? Yeah, totally. We do not want to run into the shore, <laughs> though, for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's go this way. Um, it was a... I didn't know anyone there, so I forced myself to go out to art gallery exhibitions and I introduced myself to complete strangers. That's actually really good for um, so I think I felt more comfortable with jumping into the stand-up comedy scene because of that. I had experience with going up to total strangers and being super friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, how did you get started in comedy? Um, 
this is like a really weird position to, like a physical position to see. Because we're like, I, feel like I leaned in and then you're like leaning like towards the we're wearing, we're wearing life yeah. vests. Uh, <laughs> we're wearing life vests. I'm going to take a photo. It will be next to this. You'll see the awkward positioning. Are we even moving? I don't even, I, I think we're moving backwards. Tell. And I'm pretty sure I'm pedaling forward. Okay, all right. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> What were you talking about? Oh. How you got started in stand-up comedy. Ah. Um, <laughs> it's a really long story. Um, I'd always enjoyed watching stand-up comedy, and I think the first time I saw, you know, Conan O'Brien on a show, I didn't realize that he was telling jokes. I thought he was just telling funny facts. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. And I also, it took me a long time to figure out that stand-up comedians rehearsed most of their material. Yeah. A lot of it just seems spontaneous. Right. Um, and I really loved I loved Conan O'Brien, and I, I really liked watching stand-up comedy. Uh, when I was growing up, I wasn't a funny person. Mm -hmm. I was never the class clown. <laughs> um, and but I always wanted to, like, class. I would always admire the class clown from like afar. Uh -huh. um, I was just like a very quiet, just, like the quiet kid. <laughs> Um, the quiet kid who just like doodled a lot in class, that's, that's kind of who I was. Uh -huh. That's cool. Um, and one of my, one of the main reasons for me wanting to come to Harvard was, uh, the Harvard Lampoon because Conan O'Brien and a bunch of my other like favorite comedians like all wrote for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tried out, I tried out for the Harvard Lampoon several times and it never got on. Um, but so by the end of my junior spring I had all these jokes written they were like in my desk we were just sitting there and so I thought I had a there was a girl in one of my classes who was in the stand-up comic society at Harvard it's called the Harvard University stand-up comic society who sucks uh -huh. uh, so I went to a few meetings and people were very supportive and they encouraged me to perform my jokes So I'm, I'm trying to see if we can not run into the uh, shore. <laughs> My pedal keeps making a weird noise. That's what you're hearing. Um, there we go. Yeah. So you joined Who Sucks? Who Sucks, yeah. Who Sucks? Um, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of really cool, cool people. It was started by this uh, comedian named Harrison Greenbaum, who's a very active New York comedian right now. Um, and I think he, uh, I don't know if he still does it, but last time I checked, he was the, the warm-up comedian for the Katie Couric show. Oh, cool. Um, it's really awesome. He does magic oftentimes with the stand-up comedy. Um, and there's also this, there's this writer for the, Washington Post and her column is called The Compost. Her name is Alex, Alex Petri. She writes, she writes a satire column for them and she was in the group. Um, and so my, actually a lot of my best friends from college, I actually, I, I had a pretty miserable time what? at Harvard for my first three years there because I just didn't really fit in. And then once I joined this group, I found some people I, who were like pretty weird and um, they were very welcoming. And I recently went to the wedding of one of my friends, I bet. Nice. In the group. 
yeah, that's that's how I, that's how it started. Um, I never thought I would be I would do stand up comedy because I didn't like being in front of people. Uh-huh. Um, Uh, and the first time I performed stand-up, it was in some lecture hall at Harvard, and uh-huh. I was super nervous. My leg was shaking a lot, but it went well. Well, and I just kept on doing it, and uh, actually, the <laughs> the club, the club itself, um, we're under probation from the university, what? from the college, because the two previous presidents, the co-presidents, had not filled out some kind of form, mm-hmm. and so. And also, no one wanted to be the president. And if we didn't have a president, the club wouldn't exist anymore. And so, I I volunteered with my friend Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were co-presidents for one year. And we my big my big um I guess my big legacy is that I filled out some forms <laughs> so that we are no longer under probation. Nice. Um, and I don't think the I, the club hit its stride when I was the co-president, but. A couple years after that, it kind of um, people became more active in the Boston comedy scene. Oh, cool. Like for example, when I was in the, the Harvard University of Comic Society, like the comedy studio was like really intimidating, uh-huh. and that was something a lot of people did during their senior year. Uh, <laughs> and I actually didn't perform at this the comedy studio until after I had graduated, and I was um, I had moved back into my college dorm because my apartment caught on fire, and yeah. I didn't really have a place to go um, and in order to distract myself I thought I would perform stand-up comedy in an actual venue uh, as like a kind of like a bucket list thing yeah your chair just keeps doing this it does uh, sorry no, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay that's good yeah Sorry, where were we? We were talking about like your first time at the comedy studio was after you'd already graduated, and how you it was you were living in your college dorm because yeah, your apartment. Yeah, it was very. Was it, was, it was like I think I, I think I had contacted Rick um, like a couple months before, mm-hmm. uh, but when I actually performed, it was like a couple of weeks after my apartment had caught on fire. Oh, but the set went really well, and he um, and then. Maybe I, I think I'm actually mixing up the history a little bit, but I performed there the first time, and then I asked to perform again, but I was like super scared and he didn't respond, so I yeah. thought he didn't like my stuff. And then I just emailed him again, <laughs> and then he was like, oh yeah, I'd love to have you back on the show. Nice. Uh, and I think it was really weird. I performed there just like a few times, and then he really liked my stuff, and he was like, oh, why don't you, we have you on a weekend show? And then I performed on a weekend show, and then I moved to Santa Fe, and I was like, I'm done with stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You were just, you could, I don't know, it seems hard to just leave it. No, no, I was like, I, I've performed at the comedy studio, I've, I, I reached my goal, that's like all I want, that's like the, I like, I was like, that's all I wanted to do with stand-up comedy, I wanted to perform at the comedy studio, that was it, uh-huh. like, perform at an actual comedy venue, um, and I was like, I'm going to pursue a career in, in arts management, um, and I went to Santa Fe, and then Rick Jenkins emailed me totally out of the blue with this opportunity to be the comic in residence uh, in 2013. Yeah, nice. yeah, it was like so out of the blue. Um, and I only had one friend <laughs> who told me not to take the, you know, take the chance. Really? 
Yeah, he was my friend who was living in Santa Fe, and I, oh. I think he just like didn't want to be stuck there by himself. Got it. Yeah. So you've been in Boston since then? Yeah. Nice. And nice. what do you do? Ever. Um, I work as a researcher slash writer at the Harvard Business School. I help write case studies. Nice. Um, right now I'm writing some case studies on um, ed tech companies. There seem to be a lot of those and a lot of those springing up in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's also a good bit of hype around them and um, in that people see a lot of promise in you know ed tech, ed tech, but ed tech hasn't fulfilled any of those promises yet. Oh, and so uh, we're trying to look at you know what can, uh, how can technology actually revolutionize education? So wait, you also, you talked about how you were the girl who doodled in class. And I've also seen, Sorry. no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> this chair, again. I'm just worried about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll drink more of it. Okay. Um, so, cartoons? Illustrations? Yeah, I, um, at Harvard, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of my weekends destroying a comic strip for our student newspaper. How was that? It was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good excuse to not hang out with people. <laughs> it's like I'm working on my comic. And what would you say your style was? It's like pretty weird. Uh, I wrote a lot of... Um, I wrote a lot of comics that didn't have a punchline. Mm -hmm. And so the I think the editor oftentimes, in response to my comic, he would, he would sort of respond with like, I don't get it, or like, where's the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like the idea of um, my favorite. My favorite cartoonist at the time was this artist named Mark Newgarden, and he used to do uh, a comic strip, a very funny, weird comic strip for The Village, I think, called Mark Newgarden. Um, I like scripting. Sorry. Oh. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> so we're in a very, very like unnatural. <laughs> this, this isn't a typical conversation point, but I like it. This is the first time I've done a podcast like, on water. Like, we're like semi reclined. Yeah. <laughs> we're, pe we're, we're pedaling. <laughs> I'm also uh, steering our boat so that we don't um, run into other boats. And then because it's a nice day, it's a Sunday, there are quite a few other boats out here. Like so many other boats. <laughs> so, how would you say that your comedy, stand-up comedy, ties in with your comics, drawing comics? Uh, I, I was just really interested in um, this idea of like what is funny. Uh, and in my in my comics, I had an opportunity to explore a lot of like anti-humor or using a traditionally funny medium to deal with like not funny things <laughs> or um, or to just you know try new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, uh, unfortunately with stand-up comedy, you actually have to, um, for most audiences, you have to actually be funny. <laughs> um, but I also, I have a very strange sense of humor. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Nice. So, I know that you have, your favorite place in Boston is your room, and this is the place that you get to escape from being. But say you had a friend visiting from out of town. Yeah. What would you say, oh my gosh, you need to see this? 
that's a really good question. I would recommend the the Harvard Museum of Comparative. Oh, oh, okay. I'm gonna. We got some waves going. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, that was like really scary. <laughs> it did feel like we could capsize. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible, but it was. Uh, how is it going so quickly? I think it has to do with the, the shape of their boat. Um. Kayaks look like they're speeding by. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Harvard Museum of Comparative Zoology has a amazing, amazing stuff. Um, ah, damn <laughs> seat. <laughs> What is the Harvard Museum of Comparative Zoology? It's um, it's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. We have a lot of uh, stuffed animal or taxidermy, mm -hmm. a, a huge taxidermy collection, and they also have a glass flower collection where there is a father-son duo from the Czech Republic. They were brought over to Harvard to make glass replicas of plants so that people could study plants without traveling wow. to far places, like in the 1800s, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it looks, it's, they made it by hand with glass, and it looks so realistic. I highly recommend it. All right. Let me check that out. That's, uh... Is it cost money or is it free? Um, I think it costs money. I can get you in for free. Yay! All you listeners, uh, you may have to pay, though. Just saying. No, you can have your listeners. Just, like, contact me. I'll get them <laughs> for free. Uh, so far, I have zero listeners. So, right now, you're totally safe in making that offer. Um... A good place to visit. But I think paddle paddle boating on the Charles is really fun. Yeah, I would agree. This is my first time. I like it's a good it. Way to see um, both sides of the river because you can just stay in your boat and pedal your boat so that it just like spins around. Um, maybe the ICA. I like art museums. Uh, besides that, I don't I don't really know if there's a place. <laughs> I don't know where I would take someone if they came over here. Where's a place where you'd absolutely tell someone not to go? Where you're like, this is the worst and I hate it. Don't ever go there. Uh, told them to not go to Harvard. <laughs> as, like, for school? No, just as a place to visit. There's, like, nothing there. I mean, maybe it's because I was there for, like, a long time. But uh. yeah, there are cooler places to see them. By the way, those are, that's uh, that's paddle boarding over ah. there. I I came here with some friends to do that last like a couple weeks ago, but it was too windy, so they were not renting out paddle boards. But that's that's what I what I really want to do. It seems I asked someone and they said it was very difficult to maintain your balance on that. Yes, to have strong a strong core. Can you just sit down at any point, or do you have to stand the whole time? You can sit down. Oh, nice. Then that might be something I do one day. And are these, like I see MIT sailboats and sailboats for other organizations. Do you know if these are free or is it like the A lot of the schools around here have sailing clubs where you can rent out boats. Um, also other places to not go. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to think about things that make Boston special. Um, I mean, the thing that makes Boston special is the people. 
Okay, tell me about some of the people that have made Boston special to you. Uh, for me personally, um, I would say my roommates, um, my mentors, like Rick Jenkins, definitely. Like he's, you know, being asked to, like the opportunity to be a comic in residence was like the reason I moved back to Boston. And it's, it's one of those... I think it's one of those um, like turning points in my life where my life would not be the same had I not moved back to Boston. Yeah. Um, because because I moved back to Boston, I really needed a day job, and so that's how I ended up working at the Harvard Business School, and I've met really cool friends there. Um, and I met my current roommates that way. I mean, it's really like I would not be doing stand-up comedy had Rick Jenkins not emailed what? me totally out of the blue. I was pretty sure I was like done with stand-up comedy. Yeah. Because I didn't really um because people laughed at my jokes, but I didn't really think of myself as being particularly funny or having a lot of potential. And the fact that he saw something in me like meant a lot. Yeah. Um because I didn't really see anything in me. Huh. You know. <laughs> I was like I have seen your stand-up and that surprises me. I, 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 it took me a lot to get to that point. Um, and I, I honestly did not see myself because, I mean, from my own experience, um, I think for a long time I was hung up. I sort of hung up on the fact that I never, I had never gotten onto the lampoon. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm over it now, but <laughs> for a long time I felt like did not make the lampoon equals I'm not funny. What? Yeah, it, it was Harvard's a very weird place. It's a very, um, it's kind of a place where for some people, I don't know. It's very, it's a very weird, judgy, mm. hierarchical place. Okay. Not, not everywhere, not always, but um, it's it's just really competitive and. Yeah, I'm glad to be out of there. <laughs> so what are your plans now? What things do you want to conquer while you're still in Boston? Do you plan on sticking around in Boston? Uh, I think so, at least for for the time being. I, I've, I've been thinking about applying to grad school. <laughs> All right. Um, my job, the job I have currently, I'm. it's designed... It's designed to be like a first job out of college kind of thing. So you're not really expected to stay there longer than two years. And I've been there for like a year and a half. So. Oh no, we're gonna hit these people. We're not. Okay. We're not. I was like, I, I don't have this one. Hey, Hello. it's moving well. Thank you. <laughs> ah, the breeze. It feels so good. I don't know. Let me check the time. We actually need to start heading back. Oh, man. All right. Well, any last words about Boston? Uh, it's a great city. I've, I've met some wonderful people here. Um, I've, I've become a totally different person in the past two, three years. And in terms of things I want to work on, uh-huh. um, right now I'm, I'm working on uh, building my emergency savings account okay. <laughs> and putting money into my Roth IRA. Um, I, I want to become financially independent. Does that make sense? Uh, I want to... Uh, I don't know if I'm, like, looking f- for, like, a relationship, but, like, if, if someone entered my life and, like, we, like, vibed really well, like, that'd be cool. Nice. Um, 
I haven't found a career yet, so I want to find a career. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I want to be... It would be great if I could be an expert in a field one day. I think that's something that's important to me. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it. I, I don't have... I, I'm not a... I don't have any, like, super big ambitions. I just want to... <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of kind of living a nice, like, invisible life in some nice city where I can have really good chocolate, really good cocktails, um, oysters. I don't know. I'm very... Nice. I visited San Francisco recently, and that was a really nice, nice place. Would you ever move from here to there? I don't know. The weather's nice. The weather's kind of like this all the time. But a little cloudier, um, like year-round. Uh, I don't know. Boston's great. I really like Boston. It's a very bikeable city. The people are, the people are nice, but they're not in your face about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the places where people are aggressively nice. Yeah. Um. I think I think that's all I have to say for now. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. I, uh, it's really funny because I feel like I've been just pedaling mindlessly for the past hour. Right? Just like, well, My butt is going to be so sore. You think so? I don't bike. Okay. This is, is right. going to work out. And I'm flashing everyone because I wore a dress because I didn't understand how this worked. Okay. All right. Well, all right. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Stop. Nope, that's, that's stop. No, that's stop.